going, Miss Douse in front. Here's the favourite out of the bunch now, Mr. Tindall and Capset's running on also. It's Miss Douse in front. It's taking short strides and here comes Mr. Tindall and Capset. It's Capset going through the centre. Miss Douse and Capset. Capset through in the centre. Takes the lead and Capset. Stephen Royce up to Brisbane. Capset beats Miss Douse in third and might have been Mr. Tindall. Flashing from the back there was Metchai Baggett's the second last wicket wicket. Yeah, that was Capset winning the second of the Northwest Battle of the Bush heats at Cloncurry on Saturday. It's time for the Greater Western Queensland Racing News Podcast episode 15. You got that right. And uh, joined by the John Singleton of the North of the West, uh, Max Tanks. Good evening. You pointed at the window, so I thought you must have had 15 written down somewhere. Again, this is the second isolated incident. The first one was on Sunday when you referred to me as that. It's, it's not a thing. It's not going to catch on. Okay, well, we can, we can work on that later. And uh, Brooke Richardson, good evening. Good afternoon. Now, firstly, today's introduction... I was never really much of a musician. In fact, I wasn't a musician at all. But uh, I did always have a yearning to play the drums for some reason. So I think you was an angry person. A very, very angry yeah. person, yeah. So I think that was the key. Brooke, musical career? You stole mine. I, <laughs> I remember growing up and I just thought it would be awesome to be able to play the drums and I'm not going to lie, I had a crack at it a couple of times. <laughs> pretty shit. <laughs> Were you also like angry like Andrew was? Like... <laughs> no, I was one of those annoying kids that would play hot cross buns on the recorder. <laughs> <on the show. laughs> and Maxie, I've got you as a, a cello or a tuba, perhaps. Well, I was actually um, musically minded when I was younger. Is well, yeah. into the family, so I suppose Tanks has always been a name affiliated to town band and in town. Yeah. It skipped a generation with um, with Dad's generation, but I. Uh, did the family proud. I took up the euphonium like my grandfather did. I played that from when I was nine until I think I was about 16 or so and then um, had a falling out with one of the music teachers at school for the band and um, still got it sitting at home. Yeah. yeah. Well, All well, the old music like and I've that. I've got the entertainment then for the end of the party. We can play really hot good cross buns together. <laughs> we're going to have mojitos. We're going to have music. Like. Oh, there was a little punch on at the end. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was uh, Capset at the top of the show, winning the Battle of the Bush Heat at Cloncurry, the Bell Rural cra- Contracting Heat. Capset arrived in the nick of time over Missed Out, who did it a tough all the way, finishing second. Mr Tyndall looked the winner turning for home, but petered on its run. But Max, Stephen Roy's off to Brisbane with Jason Hoopert. Yeah, Capset's one of those horses. I know we, we speak about him up there a fair bit, actually, that, that's, I suppose, always running into one better. Um, races really consistently without, you know, winning a whole lot of races, so... Um, good to see he got back to a, a winnable race here with um, Galee Warrior obviously not being able to accept, which I think is an absolute farce, but yeah. that's probably a conversation for another day. But um, yeah, g- g- all credit to the winner. It was a great ride by Jason Hooper as well. Now, <laughs> in the call, you will have heard uh, Ben Child Pegasus flashing home for fourth. Now, he actually did. He was probably 25 off the leader down the side. And Brooke, you've ridden him a couple of times. He's a, he's a bit of an arrogant little bugger, but... Uh, when he can turn it on, he can run. Yeah, I think that's half his problem. He's He's got a bit of an attitude. If he doesn't want to go, he won't go. And then he decides to friggin' hit the line and, you know, fly home. So <laughs> probably half his problem. I think if he put the effort he did at the finish at the start, he'd be a nice horse. <laughs> I still remember that day. He was probably about 20 lengths off them at Longridge and absolutely flew home to win like last yeah. year. So <laughs> Yeah, no, he... He, uh, what I saw on Saturday, he'll win. He'll pick up a race uh, before too long. 
Let's have a look at the other five races on the card. Will Beat It won the first for Jimmy Jackson and Rick McMahon. A half length over Backer and uh, Scarpa in third position. Will Beat It. Uh, Jimmy Jackson, he's always got one that can win a race, Maxi, and he got the cash here with inform Rick McMahon in the saddle. Yeah, absolutely. Um, a good win, that one, obviously. Uh, that, that was They were working home from the back. Backer was flying home, wasn't it? Mm. Race two was the Bull Creek Maiden, Cutest Maiden. And uh, it was a rough result here with War Review. Tanya Parry, that was the first leg of her winning double. Jason Hooper with the first of his winning treble. Won by a quarter of a length over Dollar Dream for Crowey and Jason Babarovich. And Love's Best Hope made up many, many lengths for Tanya Parry and Keith Ballard in third. $17 uh, the SP for War Review. And Tanya Parry, Brooke, she just keeps winning races. Yeah, she does. She's obviously got the quantity there. Um, she's not short of a horse, so she's got plenty to nominate and plenty of them to win with. I think she's doing great guns. Second of a winning double came up in race three with Come Alive for Tanya Parry and Scotty Giddos. $26 crunched into $6 SP. Won by a neck over Arking Hard, who within a stride would have got the chocolates for Justin Borden and Jason Babarovich. And Banksy strikes... Maybe a little bit on the disappointing side of your 270 favourite. Hit the straight, hit the lead halfway up the straight and sort of peaked on its run. But a double for Tanya Parry and a good betting move, Max. Yeah, it was uh, by the sounds of it. Um, I, looking for its runs, uh, and there was a run there behind Dixie Rouge and Arking Hard. Maybe the key was getting it back onto one of those on, on top of the sort of ground tracks there like Clong Curry that um, got it to win. As long with the three kilo claim of uh, Scotty Giddos. Over to the fifth was the third leg of Jason Hooper's winning treble, the second of Stephen Royce's double. It was Grand Symphony. Uh, the favourite backers finally getting it right, started 5-4. to four. Beat Dark Archer, who looked the winner with about 100 to go. Almighty Gold was there all the way. Uh, just the neck between the three runners, but a good finish there with Grand Symphony. Uh, Brookie, have you ridden much for Stephen Royce in your time? No, I haven't rode for him a great deal, Um but I've only been that way a few times too. Also, I wouldn't mind looking at possibly going that way in the future. I actually really enjoy riding Clon Curry. I've I've been there the once, and um, yeah, I really like the track. Yeah, it's a good track. They do a great job. And in the last, the NWQ Painting Benchmark Fifty over sixteen hundred, the shortest price favourite of the day was Zagatova, but it was upset. On the inside by Taya for Kerry Crow and Jason Bavarabrich at Bolter's odds, $31. Zagatova, McMahon was swinging off him with 100 to go, her off with 100 to go, but she just didn't quite run out the mile. Nitro City did a ton of work and finished a length and a half back in third. But Taya for Kerry Crow, and I know we've said this before in this show, Max, but with Crowey and Tanya, a lot of the time their horses need racing and racing and racing to get fit. And now we're seeing it. Oh, Crowey's sort of winning a race a week now. Yeah, I mean, this one though was, was first up seven weeks into the stable, so it's a bit of a bit of a good training performance there. I, I think um, you know the way Barra's riding as well at the moment. He's uh, certainly getting the best out of those horses for Crowey. Um, Thirty-one dollars. You would have hoped Crowey had a little bit on. Yeah, I, don't, I think there's a couple of bets on it. It wasn't a popular <laughs> result for the bookies. Down to uh, anything out of uh, Cloncurry to follow, Maxi? Um, oh, I mean, Backer, the way he just was jumping out of the ground late there, you, you've probably got to watch wherever it goes next, don't you? Down to Tambo for their first of their two meetings for the year. It was Tambo Cup Day. Also, um, we saw the gallopers in the Central West get out to that 1,800 metres for the first time. That always excites me. 
uh, when you see horses starting to get over a bit of a journey. But, Brookie, uh, how does the Tambo track play there on Saturday? Yeah, look, it was uh, pretty even surface. I think every horse was um, given a good opportunity, but uh, I still walked away with plenty of welts. <laughs> 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 the one thing I do not like. Um, yeah, they ha- they done a good job with the track, though, like racing-wise and under under the foot. It was uh, very nice. It wasn't hard and it wasn't um, too dusty either. It was double. So Raymond Fraser, Anna Bacos and Alicia Ross who took the honours. And in race one, King Coney won for Raymond Fraser and Anna Bacos. Three quarters of a length over Old Licorice, a much improved run for Shane Iverson and Ross Tilly and Punjar Savitar for Colin Storch and David Rewald filled the minors. But King Coney, Max, uh, this combination of Raymond Fraser and Anna Bacos is absolutely on fire. Yeah, look, this is a new addition to the stable for Raymond and um, <clears throat> going off its form down south, I actually thought it would have come up favourite here. So seeing they went up at $5, I thought... Um, yeah, I thought they probably got that wrong. That those runs at Canberra Wire on Gosford, you, you translate that to a maiden out here. As, de- as long as it handled the dirt, it was always going to be hard to beat. And um, like you said, that combination there at the moment is absolutely flying. Raymond Fraser and Anna Bacos. Very popular win in race two, the Tambo Regional Council. Blackall Tambo Regional Council. I have to apologise to Andrew Martin there. Class B over the 1,100 metres. And Spelina uh, for Danielle O'Brien and Emma Bell got the chocolates over Lenroy for James Hatch and Johnny Rudd and Disco Lights for Team Richardson in first. But, Brooke, I know you ran third in the race, but I know you would have been happy for Danielle to train her first winner. Yeah, look, I, I thought turning for home at the top of the straight that it would be between... Um Spelina and myself on Disco Lights. I really thought we'd be battling out the finish, but my horse had a you know while between runs and stuff, so he didn't quite make it. But I was just as equally happy to see Spelina um, pop ahead over the line in first place, and I I had to hold my tears back. I said to Emma and Danielle, I said it wouldn't look good if I run third and come back in crying about the winner. I said, <laughs> I'll think that I'd done something, you know, <laughs> that I wasn't playing fair. But um, look, it was a good finish and. Emma had to get busy on the horse and work hard for the win and I think that it couldn't have gone to better people and it's fantastic that in such a short time that Danielle's managed to uh, get her first winner. But she's um, got some knowledge from the best, being her father, and I think he'd be very proud of her. And uh, quick note on Emma Bell. She's going well at the moment too, Brooke. She always goes well, I reckon. You know, she's a... Uh, she knows how to rate a horse. She knows how to get him in a, co- a good position and even if she's riding a horse that has a few... Um, a few little quirks and it's it's not quite well behaved. It doesn't seem to phase her. She's a very cool, calm, collected sort of jockey. So, yeah, it's always good to see her in the winning circle because, you know, she's very genuine and um, she's just a great um, person to ride with, yeah. Race three, the benchmark 65, 1,100 metres and Angels of Fenway upset the Nick the Skip Applecart, beat it by three-quarters of a length over that horse and our shade into third, a much improved run. But uh, Angels of Fenway, Maxi, over this 1,100 journey, you cannot underrate it. I think I said after that uh, run at Aramac, it's going to be pretty hard to beat wherever it went next. Um, came up against Nick the Skip, but that run behind Media Vida was, you know, that was extremely good down there on 56 kilos. Um, did go up three kilos here, but dropping back to that benchmark 65 grade was always going to be right there in the finish. Over to race four, it was a cutest class three, 1200, and Old Town Road, the second leg of a winning double for Fraser and Bacos. Got the chocolates a length over music award for Boy Foster and Paul Randall and Zebonet. Uh, felt defeat in the West for the first time. Toddy Austin and Alicia Ross only been beaten a length and, uh, and change. But Old Town Road um, overcame Barrier 12 there. 
a good win, Brooke, and probably one of the, the stories of the day were, were the jockey numbers. Yeah, that they weren't short of jockeys at Tamwell. It was a fantastic day. Um, I ended up with only two rides after a scratching, and normally you'd pick up more, but there was plenty of jockeys there to horses. Um, yeah, it was actually really good to see. And Old Town Road, I think, like you mentioned before, Anna Bakos and Raymond Fraser, they're just a combination that's a little bit unbeatable at the moment. And um, I know Raymond... Put, uh, takes a lot of attention to detail. He looks after his horse as well, and he's a nice person. And I think Anna too. She's a hard worker, so I, I'm happy for them as a combination. They're doing well. Race five was the Tambo Cup, also a heat of the Outback Racing Showcase with the final at McKinlay in a couple of weeks' time, and it was won by Metson, a newcomer for Mark Oates and Maddie Gray, dominant in the end, to a length and three quarters over Billy the Kid for Wayne Baker and Dan the Gilfrey, Jarhead. Uh, really coming of age, this preparation, this horse. Run third for Rodney Little and Amabel, but it was all Metzen. And uh, Maxi, um, a purchase that you came up with around five or six weeks ago, first start in the West, gets the cash. Yeah, I thought this was um, a good effort here. Seven weeks between runs, first go on the dirt. Um, did a little bit wrong. He sort of wanted to, to hang out a bit there to go on down the straight. So uh, hopefully, um, <clears throat> yeah, a few more wins in store for him. Bit of action behind the winners. The stewards report makes for good reading. Yeah, it looks like there was a bit of interference there that high cost uh, copped from um, heroism shifting in, obviously cramping up a few horses there. Um, looks like Paul Randall's going to cop a little bit of a suspension for his troubles as well. And uh, out to the 1,800 metres for the benchmark 60, and it was Ferry Me Home, a horse that uh, certainly, if you go back through his old form, when with Chris Waller, really gets out over a journey. Out to the 1,800s, I bet $5, and he won by five and a quarter lengths. For Todd Austin and Alicia Ross, the second leg of the double for her. Over Master of the Turf, who never runs a bad race for Johnny Patterson and Anna Bacos. And side trip third, Bevan Johnson, Dakota Graham. But it was all ferry me home, Brookie. Um, a horse that I think will be on target for that Alpha Cup in a few weeks' time. Yeah, yeah. look, I think he's an interesting one. Uh, he's a dead set 1,800-metre horse. It's just his jam and he likes it and... I think uh, the racing style out here suits him. There's normally a little bit more pace on than usual as opposed to like where he came from. Um, he is that type that likes to be free rolling and um, he doesn't like the pace too steady. So, and you know, that's how they run at Alpha as well. So, um, yeah, he could be very competitive there and it was good to see him get the win. It was nice. I think Alicia Ross rode him really, really well. It was nice to see her just be patient and wait and let them couple of horses cross her and just have him sitting third and, and just relaxing on him. It was, yeah, it was a nice ride. Black Book from Tambo, Max? Um, yeah, Black Book's hard, to, I suppose, find one um, from Tambo on the weekend. Uh, you know, I think anything that's sort of been finishing up there in the, in the placings is one to follow. Okay, time for this week's topic. Now, once upon a time... Really racing, you used to see maybe the the carnivals in England and uh, early morning races on a Saturday from New Zealand. But literally now, you can turn on the TV at any time, tune into Sky Racing, and they can take you around the world. Um, so many countries that, that race. And, I mean, we're not just talking about um, horses now, Max. You can bet on dogs. You can bet on the Swedish trots. I mean, it's great for if you're on holidays, like I'll be this weekend, and baby wakes up, just open the Ladbrokes account, you can have a bet. I can do that at home, too. I was going to say, you can, you can do that anyway. Um, I'll just try to justify it. 
There's no, you never have to justify it. <laughs> when you start justifying it, that means you've got a problem. You know, if you don't justify okay. it, then you don't have a problem. This is the top five anyway. <laughs> We're going to go around the world, and it doesn't particularly have to be for any reason. It might be just racing that catches your eye, or just a, a, a place you know, like India, blew me away that they race. Um, Maxie, I'll go to you first. Yeah, look, there's there is so many. I mean, like you, I, I probably couldn't come up with a, a, an order for them. I guess it's. Yeah. Um, just five that really interested me and um i suppose one and i've i've combined it into one here is is the i suppose the ascot and the cheltenham sort of festivals there i think they're two you know really big carnivals that have i suppose so much prestige around them that yep. they don't have that sort of party sort of like you know racing carnival feel that, that australian has but it's traditional prestige around those sort of ascot and cheltenham you know yep. the top hats and tails um, another one is Sha Tin. Um, you know, getting over there to see that Hong Kong racing, they they do it incredibly. Everything about it is just so professional. You know, in terms yep. of the form, every every single track gallop is available that, for you to watch. You know, in terms of trying to line up the form guides and that. So I think you know that's just incredible what they do over there. Macau, a lot of money goes into that Macau racing. A lot of it probably isn't on the books. A lot of it is through laundering as well and and all that sort of stuff. But it, you can't deny that a lot of those. Um, I did have the opportunity to go to Macau. Um, in the late 90s with dogs. Yeah. And that, at that stage, they didn't have racing. It was match racing. Yeah, okay. You could imagine how that would happen, yeah. how that would end. Yeah, I, I could, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Kentucky Derby, mm. that's obviously one that, you know, it, it's probably a mixture of the both. It's the traditional sort of racing, but they always say there's such a good party feel about it as well. Yeah. Um, so that's definitely one to put on there. Um, and yeah, I don't, think I don't think I've got any more. I think that's about it. Brookie, what about you? Any anywhere you in oh, any other actually yes sorry Val oh, <laughs> <laughs> on a Friday night um, Brooke is there any country that you'd love to throw the saddle in jump on a plane and and go and experience Max took about not even half all of them <laughs> I had all of them in my head I've obviously wrote, like, riding in Brisbane a lot of them jockeys had been to Macau I know Amy Taylor she's a former. Uh, jockey from Toowoomba. She was actually quite a successful apprentice for Michael Nolan. Uh, She actually now lives over in Hong Kong and her husband is a man that used to be our vet for our horses and he got a gig over there with them. Um, So he's like one of the vets that work for their racing authority. So that looks, I've, you know, seen through Facebook and stuff, some of the stuff she puts up, it looks just phenomenal over there. Um, I actually had one different to Mac. Thanks, Max. Um, <laughs> New Zealand. I would love to go to New Zealand um, to, like, I guess you'd call it their Magic Millions, their Karak Million. Oh, yeah. It's and okay. I just think that would be a good time. The racing, um, I see a lot of good jockeys come out in New Zealand. But I think being a, being a jockey, you want to go everywhere. I don't think you could really categorise it or pick a top five. I think it would be a unique experience to ride in races and track work. Because it'd be really interesting to see the different training techniques all mm. around. Yeah, well, mine are much the same. But you know, South Africa is one that intrigues me. The length of their straights—they're about two kilometres long. Yeah. <laughs> Seems like yeah. I don't know. If it's, yeah. Their riding school intrigues me too. Do you know how their apprentice system works? No. I'm pretty sure I, I could be wrong in some areas, but from what I have heard that it's it's a very strict setup. It's it's almost like going to a boarding school type of thing and they're actually 
in this program for a set amount of time and all this sort of stuff. You mob need it. <laughs> what did you say? You mob need that. <laughs> um, I hate school. <laughs> New Zealand's another one. It's, it's just, it's just, it's beautiful. Hong Kong, the intense. Yeah, the, the atmosphere and the and the gambling and oh, it'd be great. Even where their racetracks are placed, what's built around them, isn't yes, it? Yes, yeah. just amazing. I know that. Oh, speaking of Amy, they live in a an apartment that literally overlooks the whole race course. Yeah, um, the UK now for me, it's the prestige of jumps racing. Now, jumps racing in Australia is it's last stop, isn't it? Oh, I mean, if you speak for yourself, <laughs> <laughs> well, like if you're if you're good on the flat. You end up going on the flat race. You don't end up. Good horses don't go over the jumps too early. Um, but it's quite prestigious there. I mean, we see them come from a jumps race in England and be competitive in a Melbourne Cup. Yeah, Max Dynamite. Your yeah, horse. exactly. Um, and America four years in a row. Yeah, and America for all the same reasons as you. And I, I remember seeing a video of Josh Fleming. He got to call a race at. Um, Santa Anita. Yeah. Um, oh, did he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he, t- he, t- he takes his gear with him. <laughs> and he called the race there. I wanted to go there too. I used to watch a show like, oh, I can't even remember the name of it now, but I was this, when I was growing up, I used to watch this show and it was like based on the jockeys. It was called Jockeys, I'm pretty sure. And it was all the <laughs> American it. jockeys. I just thought it was so cool. Their jockey rooms are next level too. They're pretty fantastic. Righto, into today's talking point. And uh, over the weekend, uh, Les Tilly, a.k.a. Bubba, rode his 500th winner. Now, he rode his first winner back in 2012. Uh, it was called Cash in a Hurry. So over the past 10 years, he's accumulated 500 wins. And it got me thinking about, um, you know, jockeys around the country, not necessarily country, country, but just around our nation that have, you know, equaled those type of feats or gone on a couple better. And I did have a, the chance to speak to Bubby yesterday in an interview and uh, did mention him. He's still 186 behind his old man. <laughs> so that's the first thing he's got to knock off. But, Brooke, I'm going to go to you first. Who are a couple up the top of your tree, like prolific jockey winners? Look, if I'm being perfectly honest, I'm not big on numbers. I don't keep track. I find probably different for you guys. You're a punters, you're a race caller it really interests you. I think it's good to have goals. I think it's good to look up to someone or want to mould yourself um, to have some, you know, to some skill, but not to completely turn into that person or try right exactly like them. So yeah. I probably couldn't give you much insight on numbers or who I think is the best, but I think it's great to see. You did mention, obviously, um, Bubba's dad. He was a jockey and he's made a comeback and he's um, adding to that winner's list, just so you know, Bubba Tilly. <laughs> so Bubba might have to work hard. <laughs> um, you know, I think it's great to see you've got the Lloyd boys, uh, the Schofields, um, and then you had the Berry brothers who all rode. I think those types of family dynamics are pretty awesome to see. And most of the time, they're equally matched to the the ability runs in the family, quite obviously. Um, but yeah, when it comes to the numbers and stuff, I probably couldn't, you know, I'd have to sit down and go through them all and hand pick a few. I don't know any off the top of my head. A couple of statistics for me that jump out. One is, I think he's the oldest, one of the oldest jockeys. There. Obviously, Keith Ballard. But another one who gets around, Cyril Small. Yep. He's, he's been out west here and ridden a couple of times. Old Cyril. Old Cyril. But uh, one that jumps off the page to me is obviously RT, Robert Thompson. 2,400 and something winners. Yep. Uh, still that man ro- is unreal. Yeah, still riding plenty of winners today. But Seen him down at Warrnambool with Rolga. Yeah. Yep. yeah. And you probably have recently retired um, Griffin 
Dan, Dan Griffin, Griffin yep. King of the Coast. Um, Keith Ballard, I'm not so sure how many winners. He'd be up over 1,000, wouldn't he? Oh, he? Yeah, he's well up over that. And this is what I've wanted to bring up, is just how inconsistent the reporting is across racing statistics. So we were talking about this off air, and we had a quick little look. Now, we, I looked at three different websites, and Brooke Richardson has rode three different t- amounts of winners, 187, 186, and 185. Don't tell everyone, Max. <laughs> <laughs> You're getting close to 200, though. But <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> but I just I just find it so I suppose I, I don't think it's right that we we can't have a, a one body that has the statistics exactly right. I mean like and it is for that reason so we can acknowledge these old old jockeys that are getting around and and have that information readily available to be able to you know accurately report how many they've ridden. Like I, I don't, I I worry if I'm doing an interview and if I think someone's approaching a milestone, I, I don't feel comfortable going in and mentioning it because I don't think it's right. This is this yeah, is, yeah. And yeah. I had the same trouble with Gary Gearin at um one of the awards nights, uh, not a solely racing Queensland one, but um they were going through. Obviously, they have to put up people who are in the running for that award and their stats. And yeah, they didn't even have the right amount of winners that he rode. And I think it does it sort of does take it away from them a little bit because. Yeah, there are many people out there that have all the ability in the world, um, and yeah, it's pretty, pretty crappy when you can't just access it and it and it's correct. Like you said, three different results for just under my search. When I started in two thousand and ten, it wasn't all that long ago. Those wins should be very accessible. Yeah. Anyway, it's, there's so many great performances, like you said, Brooke, and um, look, there's too many outside the scope of our knowledge too. So. Um, but anyway, there are certainly some good riders, and there's still plenty around, and um, plenty well, coming through as well. Plenty coming through as well. Brookie uh, off to the home to uh, one of the two home tracks. You got two now, <laughs> but uh, Bark Alden this weekend. Yes, Royal Barking. Be good to be um, back on the grass after the Tambo dirt. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for your time this evening, mate, and we'll uh, good luck Saturday, and we'll catch you again next Tuesday night. Thanks very much. We'll go to a break and come back with tonight's guest. Back with the Greater Western Queensland Racing News Podcast, episode 15, Max, time for tonight's special guest. Yeah, a very special guest. Uh, I think, I know we've been speaking, I suppose, off air since um, she entered the training, uh, threw a hat in the training ring. Um, waiting to get we've this been win. waiting for this. We've been waiting to get this yeah. win. It's been knocking on the door and it's finally here. <laughs> Introducing all the way from Blackhall with her first winner, Spelina, on the weekend, Danielle O'Brien. Danielle, how are you going? Good. How are you going? Now, good. It must have been uh, good to get the monkey off the back and get your first winner. Yes, it was. Yes, very exciting. A bit emotional, but, yeah, glad it's out of the way now. Now, obviously, um, you had the sad passing of your, of your father last year and, um, you know, you had a little bit of break away from the horses. Was it always the plan to get back into it and train a couple? Um, I don't really think it was an original plan. Like... Um, I definitely needed a spell, so yeah, I had those few months off, and then I still had all the horses in the paddocks anyway, so I thought, well, I'll either, you know, have a go and see if I can do it, or fail, or just give it a go, so. I suppose there's only there's only one way to find out, isn't there, and um, <clears throat> I mean, really, this, this she's been a model of consistency so far as preparation without winning, and um, you got her back to a Class B on the weekend, and um, after that running the class six at Barky, which is well out of her company. I thought she was always going to be pretty hard to beat, wasn't she? Yeah. Um, 
we only put her in there just to give her a run. But, um, yeah, I didn't expect her to go as well as she did. I honestly didn't think we'd be clocking up a win this soon either. So, um, uh, yeah, she's she's a different horse this year. She's a lot more confident in herself, I think. You know, she's not as... Last year she was quite, you know, silly and just even working her at home she's just silly and carried on a little bit but she stopped all that this year so she's I think a good spell and she's sort of come back a bit better now obviously you've been riding um work for years and I suppose you're still riding work now and uh the winter's mornings are coming up uh, how many have you got in work I've only got the two yeah I've got um Spelina and Night in Paradise at the moment so is it um something that you know you've got the win now you've probably got the bug back again is it is, is it your intentions to expand that stable a little bit or just see how it goes at the moment or yeah i'll probably just see how we go at the moment um i've got another yearling coming along um he dad bred him before he passed away um i hope to sort of bring him up um and hopefully race him i've still got to name him and stuff yet but um he'll be on the cards and then yeah we'll go from there i think and look blackall's strong um, down there, you got the legendary Charlie Prow and David Rewalt, and also Clint Austin. Um, there's, uh, if you're ever short of any knowledge, there's uh, plenty to help you down there as well. Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah, you can't get any better than old Charlie and and Clint. And you know, I've got Todd. He's only an hour up the road. Like, yeah, they're they're all fantastic. And Rodney and Maureen. You know, you, we've got a really good group of trainers out this way. They're just fantastic. And I suppose I would have got plenty of knowledge um, from your dad over the years as well. Um, he, he would have given you all the all the tricks. Yeah, I don't know about tricks, but <laughs> <laughs> um, where are you heading to next with the horses? Hopefully, Bark Alden this weekend. Good stuff. Well, Danielle O'Brien, thanks very much for your time this evening. Um, big congratulations on your win with Spolina, and uh, hopefully, it's the first of many in this season. We hope so. Thank you. Yeah, great story there with Danielle, and um, look, we know how sad uh, the passing of Dennis was last year, and a um, little break away, and she's done well, six starters, all Spolina, and I think for a first, a second, and a third. Yeah, it's exactly right, it's been um, racing extremely well, this horse for her, and um, great to see her get up for a win, and even better to hear that they got that yearling coming through as well, geez, that'd be a great story if they get it to the races for a, um, for a win, won't it? Oh, certainly would be. Big racing this week coming up. We've got uh, the Mount Isa Cup, which is the last heat, heat last heat of the Outback. Second last. Second last of the Outback Showcase Racing Series. Uh, we go to Barky for... Um, it's the second last weekend to qualify us <laughs> for the Battle of the Bush. You've got to get it all out here. <laughs> also going to Bowen, Gainder also, and in June. But, uh, Maxie, you'll be trackside at Barky for the Battle of the Bush. Now, traditionally, this has been the last heat, but Thangu will take that honour this year as well. But it will be a, a strong qualifier. I think we'll see the likes of Fully Max having his last hit out before Brisbane. Media Vita's going to be mighty hard to beat from what we saw at Aramac. Do you think there's a smoky that might pop up out here? Yeah, I don't know. It's, um, it's always a race that I suppose the last couple of years that they were there, there was an bit of an upset but it's also been a form race as we head into the final so i'm really excited to get that get over there on saturday and watch it yeah very excited indeed big thanks to brooke richardson danielle o'brien for their contributions tonight maxi as always it's been a pleasure we'll do it all again next tuesday night sounds good this has been the greater western queensland racing news podcast episode 15 have a fantastic week and we'll catch you again next tuesday night 